0: what's going on everyone i'm so excited for you all to hear this episode i've been looking forward to putting it out for a long time really excited about what's going on at nillion everybody that i've met there everything i've heard about them i'm not even gonna go too far into it i won't ruin the surprise i'll let you make up your mind for yourselves so grateful for alex coming on the show and i can't wait for you all to hear it as always pursue your passions and purpose believe in yourselves pursue your dreams to the fullest extent music by Julio Slim, and welcome back to another week of Living With Will.
1: All right,
0: folks, well, we are here with one of the greatest minds, I think, of the generation, but I'll let you all decide for yourselves. I'm so grateful for you coming onto the show, Alex. This is a real honor, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, really glad to be here. Uh I wouldn't say I'm the greatest mind of a generation but our chief
2: scientist Miguel might be. Um so I'm really excited to be here talking about what well, we're building a Nillion and, and talking with you about some of the things that that drove us to to get started in this and to build a new technology in the Web3 space. Amazing.
0: Well, maybe you know what, man, I'll take back the 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 comment. I'll say the most humble. And <laughs> uh and Miguel, man, you you got a you got a great friend here. He's 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 uh he's gassing you up. So Let's take a little step back and just start from the beginning, man. You know, where did this journey begin for you? How did you get from where you were to where you are today?
2: Yeah, so I would say that, you know, I've been on a a journey in entrepreneurship ever since I um, graduated from college Um, and a lot of that was inspired by my stepfather, who was a really successful entrepreneur in his, in his own right. Um, and I ended up going into the path where I went into investment banking. That was the really cool thing to do when you graduate from school. You know, All of the kids coming out, making the big bucks were, were working in investment banking. Um, and so I went down that route for, for a while. And I started to realize that you know there was something that there was a lack of purpose in the work that I was doing, and there was lack of meaning in it investment banking was very much an industry where you had to like believe in the prestige of what you were doing for it to be meaningful. You had to believe that you were doing something big. You had to believe you're doing something important. You had to believe that the name on your business card really mattered to do that. And there was never a part of me that truly connected with it. Um, And so I'd always been looking at starting my own businesses and I started a few of them and they were, they were successful businesses. You know, we caught various waves that were going on in industries. One of the big ones was around Amazon, um, but there are always even when I was in those businesses and I, I was an entrepreneur and I was building something, there was always part of me that felt like it wasn't entirely what I was meant to be doing. Um, you know, we were very much like direct to consumer businesses. You know, we were utilizing growth in industries and what like Amazon brought to the world, um, you know, with for for small businesses and distribution of products. But there was always felt like there could be something a little bit bigger um and that had always been in the back of my mind and and when crypto came around this is actually kind of a tangent from that but but when crypto came around one of our co-founders uh andrew misanto actually got me uh got me into it and, and it's an interesting story how he got me into it because one day i was in my apartment in new york in 2017 and i get a phone call from andrew misanto and he's like hey man what's a what's the limit on your coinbase account I'm like, I don't know, I think it's like $50,000 and he was like, can you buy me $50,000 worth of Ethereum and I'll wire you 50 grand? And I was like, okay, this guy generally makes really smart decisions. Um, You know, there must be something going on here. Like I had heard about Bitcoin and I'd always liked the idea of decentralization. Like I always liked that as a philosophy, but Bitcoin never really spoke to me on its own. And then when Andrew started diving into Ethereum, that's when I started looking into the industry and seeing the things that people were doing Um, and what was interesting about that was that I really liked what Ethereum was about. Like I liked this idea of smart contracts being on top of a blockchain. Like now we can code things, now we can create things, then we can build things, now we can build systems that, um, that exist outside of like a centralized control and do really unique things. But the ICO craze of 2017 was all like, okay, you know, we're gonna take that and we're gonna tokenize power. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really, believe you that you're going to tokenize power like this is one of the oldest highly regulated you know highly concentrated industries that exists in the world like there's no way that you're going to go out and just like tokenize power but this idea of projects being able to launch tokens being able to build their own ecosystems being able to do things like the ico craze kind of created the genesis of that ecosystem. It wasn't the right way to do it. It wasn't the you know world-changing use cases are now here because we have smart contracts thing, but it was an initial point towards what the ecosystem of web three could become. Um, And so I followed the space for a long time. I ended up getting out of the the businesses I was building in 2019. um, And that's when Andrew Massanto, who had just uh, who had, had left Hedera as well, um started looking back at some of the big narratives that were coming up in what would be the bull run in 2020 and 2021. Um, And he had several ideas about what that was going to look like. And one of the big ones was around being able to have secure computation in web three, being able to use private data in web three. There was another one around, um, you know, social tokens and there being a social ecosystem to web three and creating incentives for, you know, influencers out of that. And we started looking at these narratives and connecting with these entrepreneurs and seeing like, what are these guys building that are, are living up to these narratives? What are the things that we think are going to be um, at the forefront of the next innovation and, and the next set of use cases in Web3? And one really stuck out to us, and that was the technology that, that underpinned Million. Um, You know, our chief scientist, Miguel, had been working in the space of of building privacy-enhancing technology for many years. Very smart guy. He's got 30 patents to his name. Um, Six of them govern the flow of information on the transatlantic cable to this day. Um, So, you know, terabytes and terabytes of data flowing across oceans, like he has a part of that. There are patents that he created that are a part of that. Um, And he was looking at privacy-preserving tech and found a way to basically take an older technology um, around multi-party computation and make it commercially viable. There's a ton of constraints in using tech like MPC, even though it's like 20, 30 years old, um, that prevented it from becoming something bigger. And we looked at that and, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, there were a bunch of things that spoke to me in this. One, here's this technology that would allow us to do things with data that we never could do before. Um, Two, it's an innovation that allows it to be commercially viable so we can build something with it we can build um an actual platform that can enable use cases and third was is that i could sense the amount of of potential in miguel and what he's inventing and the the intelligence behind that and so it meant that there were always going to be things that we would be able to expand on with the network and the fourth one is actually interesting because it was really important for me in web3 is that what nillion is as a platform in order for us to provide the best version of our network that we can we need decentralization we need to have a decentralized network of nodes to be able to provide the security guarantees that we do to be able to provide um you know this collaborative computation this private execution environment like these things require decentralization at its core so we're not just taking something that isn't decentralized and making it decentralized just so we could say now it's web 3 and that really meant a lot to me um, and so when the more we dubbed dug into this, um, the more we looked at the technology, the more we thought about the potential that it had to expand what Web3 could do and what use cases in the Web2 world could end up in Web3, the more excited we got, the more we realized that we needed to be running full speed with this thing. Um, And so we started building the initial team. We started getting people involved. This was two years ago, September of 2021. Um, And from there, we've just been, you know, Pulling in incredible team members um, and continuing to to build our technology, and, and we're at the point where we even have you know the initial um, set of nodes that all belong to Nillion, but that initial set of nodes that are actually running computations on very like simple products, and and that means that you know we've proven out the technology, and so we're just continuing to build on top of that, and we're continuing to start to speak to our community.
0: That's awesome, man. I, there's so many points that. I want to touch on. But uh, first of all, I'm I'm honored to know that our kind of jump into crypto started around the same time. There was um, a guy, shout out to Jack Platt from Hypersphere Ventures. He was hitting me up. I think ETH was at like $11. And he's like, dude, the next big step is happening in crypto. You got to get involved. And it was a similar conversation where I was like, this is one of the smarter guys I know. So mm-hmm. if he's this excited, I should probably be involved. And then he went on and you know, help with polka dot. So I like that we have yeah. friends that you know. It's, so a, it's it. the
2: same, basically the same origin story because Andrew, you know, got me into into Ethereum and all that, and then he went and started Hedera. And and you know, it was after he came out of that that we started getting into, into things like Million. But yeah, I mean, you know, that smart friend who like saw you know what was coming could see the narratives coming together, and then was he pulled me into it, and then went and started you know a massive protocol, and and decided, all right, let's do it again.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. So I. I have a ton of questions relating to Nillion as, like, the, you know, the core offering of what you are trying to achieve. But I'm curious, taking it a step back in terms of, like, you know, the team that you've assembled. Um, when you're putting together a team for something like this, for somebody who might be, you know, building a team of their own, what are the criteria that you look for as you're scaling your businesses? Yeah, so that's a that's actually a really interesting question. Um, you know,
2: I would say that so it's it's really been a learning journey for me and I'll I'll start with that because I think it's really important for so that people can understand what it takes when you're building a team it's been a learning journey for me because when in my other businesses you know I always looked at myself as I was part of the leadership team but I was like a chief everything officer you know in those businesses I knew my business better than anybody else and what I was really looking to do was essentially outsource functions that weren't as valuable of a use of my time so I was like i know more about fulfilling products and sending them to to dubai than probably any person should but i'm going to hire somebody to do the fulfillments because it's not worth my time to figure out things like that and dubai has a really messed up system when it comes to mail Um, so if you've ever dug into it it's really weird so there are all these things you need to know but but i was basically outsourcing those functions um to somebody else but i was still the person who understood my business better than everybody this was the first company that I was a part of, especially in the technology space, where the skill sets that I would need would be ones where I was not the best person at the job. You know, I had a CTO like like Conrad Whelan, who was founding engineer of Uber. Like he is going to know how to build technology way better than I'm going to. You know, our chief scientist Miguel is going to know cryptography way better than I could ever possibly know. Um our, our GC Lindsay, you know, from Coinbase, who came over from Coinbase, like she's going to know the law way better than I'll ever know. And so what I was looking for when I'm building a team is I'm looking for those people that bring this incredibly high level of know how and intelligence to what they're doing. And that can be hard for a lot of smaller startup businesses, because those people are generally expensive. You know, we're very lucky that we did a a really large fundraise, um, you know, actually right around the time FTX collapsed, um, but we pulled it off anyways. And so we have the resources to do that, but I'm always looking for those people that can bring that incredible depth of knowledge combined with this like intelligence that allows them to be what um what I would refer to as like providing exponentials. What I mean by that is that their their thinking is strong, their experience is strong enough to where they can see these little um these little variations that can lead to big outcomes and so it's the you know the 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 chief marketing officer who finds that like one growth hack that takes you from 10 users to 1000 users, you know, really quickly like those exponentials come from people who have that intelligence and that skill set um, and so it really is, you know, a combination of. What is the experience they're bringing to the table how well can they do the how of the business that piece that they need to be um they, they need to absolutely understand uh and then how much of the like ability to provide that exponential where they can you know take something and just look at it in a slightly different direction and blow it up like those are the things i really look for
0: that's awesome man i i love this and it goes into how i see so many parallels with like being a creator or like a creative and being an entrepreneur, like the creative art that goes into business. And I think you'll you'll resonate with this. So I spoke with Spike Lee about something similar when he's putting together like production projects. And he almost gave the same answer where he was like, I wanna work with people who are smarter than me at what they are good at. Like, I wanna mm-hmm. have the, you know, when you're speaking about yeah. the CTO and the chief sciences, you're like, they're gonna blow me out of the water um that's how you know you're putting together and i love how your team is like the avengers of crypto man like you've got <laughs> people from all the top spots it's awesome yeah, yeah sometimes i have to
2: pinch myself when i think about all the people that we've brought in for this project you know the, the high quality of people that we have i mean we've got a guy who started Hedera hashgraph as our chief strategy officer we've got you know the founding engineer of uber uh, who, you know, was literally like one of the three people when they all sat down at a table and they're like, okay, we're going to build this app that connects people to, you know, to black cars. Like he was there in the room, like coding those initial versions of the code. And and then, you know, people, we pulled in from Coinbase and from Nike and from all of these areas to lead these different systems. And we've put together an absolutely incredible team. And that has been a huge part of our success um, is that we have the strong thinking, you know, we're building... Greenfield technology. We're building something people have never, um, never seen before. Um, we're expanding on, you know, an entire realm of cryptographic research that has been happening. We're, we're, you know, dealing with that and expanding on that. And we have to do all that while we're, you know, a startup and we're burning money and we're, you know, hiring people to to manage different parts of the operations of our business and build an ecosystem and then decentralize the technology. We're doing so many things. And so the quality of thought that is in the room is just absolutely important.
0: Yeah, man, I'm so grateful to hear it, too, because it's, you know, as we're transitioning from this world of Web2 business practices into the world of Web3, I think there's a confusion that I hear a lot where, People are hesitant to work with, you know, monoliths, right? Like they're they're worried about practice, but it's like, no, there's some really great business practices, and there's a lot of really great innovation that happened in Web two. the The goal is to then translate that into this new industry and continue this great innovation, leveraging what we learned from the past. And I I think you are are a testament to that. And and speaking to that, like, there this is a a leap and a bound in the right direction. Can you speak a little bit to like how? not just this being like a breakthrough in the world of web2 but like can you speak to how this is a breakthrough for like infrastructure and crypto as well yeah so the the real potential of what million can do is
2: that we, we are essentially a distributed platform for computation and for private computation secure computation and what that means is that we're bringing a lot of the elements that you would see for a web2 company when they set up like let's say an AWS instance for example right and there is a level of Privacy and security that comes along with doing that. You know, the code base for the algorithm for Uber is inside of an AWS system where not everybody can get to it, but it still provides this event, immense amount of value. And one of the limiters that I've seen in the Web3 space is that we we're focused on making everything very public and very out there. You know, all the cons. All those smart contracts that are out on Ethereum are all public. You can see everything that everybody is doing and there is an anonymity component to that that we all really cherish in Web3 where you know your wallet is what's interacting with the network instead of you you know and people don't have people can't tell who you are and they can't see everything that you're doing and you can work with multiple wallets, so you do have that anonymity but for a lot of these Web2 companies that are looking at Web3 but they don't know what to do with it, they're seeing that as a major blocker. They can't come in and they can't take you know, data that they don't just want to publish on the blockchain that could you know, never be removed or is completely public. They want to work with that and they want to work with blockchain and Web3 at the same time. And Nillion really opens up the opportunity for those companies in Web3 because now they have a place where they can interact with all the amazing things that are happening in Web3 and all of the amazing things that blockchain can provide. But they also have this area where the security does exist for them to utilize their private data. And so in Web3, we're really looking at ourselves as being able to bridge that gap by bringing some of the things that these Web2 companies see into the world of Web3. Um, And and that has been our goal, is to expand the potential of what Web3 can do. I, I, I see Web3 as a massive part of what the future of the world is going to look like, and we need to be deploying technologies and platforms that allow these companies to bridge that gap more easily, and that's a big part of what we're doing.
0: That's awesome man. For for people who might not be as technologically savvy as a, as you know some of our audiences, people mm-hmm. that might not be crypto native, um how could you explain like the the multi-party computation aspect of Nillion to someone who might not have tech expertise?
2: Yeah, so I would think about it so When you think about blockchain and what blockchain is doing, we are decentralizing, essentially, we're decentralizing consensus at its core, but really what we're doing is we're taking, I would say, you know, Bitcoin has hundreds of thousands of nodes. You know, these, these different nodes are all self-interested, they're potentially malicious, but what blockchain has been so amazing at doing is getting all of them to come together and agree on a single truth right that's what consensus really is we all agree on what is true and each block we're agreeing with that over and over again and even though those people are self interested and they're malicious and they would be totally happy if they could manipulate the system to put a you know a thousand bitcoin into their wallet they can't because we found this mechanism to be able to bring ourselves to a singular truth and so blockchain and the way that blocks are built and the way proof of work is um, constructed allows for that to happen with all these malicious actors. With, with MPC we're doing something similar but with data and so we're not a blockchain and we're not building blocks and our focus isn't on consensus instead what we're doing is we're utilizing security and masking and in and a form of encryption called information theoretic secure where we can take data we can secure it We can basically break it into what we call particles and we can send it out to a bunch of different nodes and so now all of the nodes have a piece of information but none of them knows what their piece of information is and importantly the piece that they do have is quantum proof so they can't actually brute force attack it and try and figure out what's underneath it it's it's been proven to be um to be um uh, quantum proof so it doesn't matter how much time or or computing power you have you won't be able to get to the underlying data but once we've done that we put it on those multiple nodes now we can still run computations with that information. So you can have something that is really secure um, on a decentralized network, but you can still use it. And so you know the most immediate use case that, that I, I think about, and I think the one that connects with with everybody the most in web three is around private keys. know your private key is so important to your entire interaction with the crypto world um and and especially as a store value of the crypto that you have in the world you could take that private key you can apply a a security standard on top of it this quantum proof security standard and then you can break up that private key and move it to all these different nodes and so now it's stored in a very super secure way but importantly you can go to those nodes and say okay i want you to sign a transaction on the on ethereum now and the nodes can authenticate that you're the right person, then sign that transaction and put it onto the blockchain without ever reconstructing the private key and without any of those nodes knowing what your private key is. So now instead of it being on you know, your MetaMask in a browser, which if you put in your password enough times, you can see what your private key is in MetaMask, um, it's on this distributed network of nodes where you've got this quantum proof security, you've got distribution across massive nodes, but now you can still use your private key and sign with your private key without ever bringing it together and anybody seeing what it is um so that's like the 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 very simple use case there's a lot of things on top of that that you can do once you get to a place where you're essentially taking data and distributing and securing it like we are but most importantly that you can run computation on it and that in and of itself is a really unique feature because when you think about how you use data in the world today right you basically have an encrypted phone with your data on it you unlock your phone and then you do stuff which is basically running computations right but you're doing it in the clear on your phone and the data itself is in its unsecured state right so it's easily grabbable if somebody was able to see your phone with nillion we're running those computations on data that is secured so the security standard is never lost so there's never a piece where um, somebody could jump in and say there's your data in the clear i'm going to grab it and take it and that's what gives it the security so this data is now being used without ever being unencrypted, without ever being in the clear, which means
0: you can do a whole host of new things with data. That's unreal, man. I, it's unbelievable that you all were able to make this quantum proof, like, like making it that secure at that level. I can't imagine the difficulty and the complexity of that.
2: I mean, it's when you think about it. So it's like, uh, it's actually, Once you grasp it, it's actually like a pretty simplistic concept. It's very complex mathematics. Don't get me wrong; the cryptography that goes into it is incredibly complex. But basically, with like information theoretic secure, which is the standard that we're using, and it's been around for a long time in cryptography, um, what you're doing is you're essentially removing so much information from the data that the data itself becomes meaningless. And that meaningless data is what we call particles. And then we have blinding factors, which are the security piece, which is distributed across all the nodes. So now 1,000 nodes each have a blinding factor, and you need to have all of them or a certain percentage of them in order to reconstruct that particle and get to the underlying data. But the particle itself is essentially meaningless because there's so little information about the particle that you you could try an infinite number of solutions, trying to brute force attack it, and you wouldn't, there would not be enough time because there's too little information available. Um, so yeah, it's 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 really cool that something like that exists, you know, in, in with encryption and the standard encryption that most people are familiar with. Basically, you just have a, you basically put information inside of a, a, a safe and you're locking it with a really complicated math problem. And the idea is that, Let's make the math problem so complicated that unless you know the answer, it's going to take you way too much time to to basically unlock it, right? If you sat there and with a little dial and tried to unlock the safe, it would just take too much time. You'd be dead before you'd actually get to the answer, right? And that's how we insecure things right now. With ITS, you're basically saying, okay, it doesn't matter how many times you twist the little knob. There are too many potential solutions to ever actually get to the right one. So there's no point in going after a brute force attack with it which is a very high standard of security
0: yeah that's amazing i like that and therein lies the the way that web2 can feel comfortable participating right because having that layer of security is just i think one of the big conversations that will be you know spearheading the next run is like security there's been so many hacks there's been so many problems so many new re-entrancy attacks for example with just the inherent flaws in Solidity. So this is amazing. And taking it to the like the the technical level a little bit, how does this enable developers? Um, you know, we spoke a little bit about how this is beneficial to like the average person, but for the people who are building in the space, like what are the what are the exciting, you know, developments for Nillion on the developer side?
2: Yeah. So we're we're deploying our, our initial version of the SDK right now with a couple of core developers. And um and for for us, ecosystem and focusing on what developers want and what you know different projects in Web3 want has been a core facet of how we have built this company. There's a lot of lessons learned from what we saw in other Web3 projects where there was very much a, if you build it, they will come mentality. And so we actually started really early by going into ecosystem. We we actually stole a guy who was a head of, um, of entrepreneurship relations at Nike and was basically incubating um, entrepreneurs at Nike and had him come in and basically hit the ground, talking to projects, what do you want to use this for? What are the things that you guys want? We have, um, we talked over 250 projects um, from the time that we started. We've got like 50 who we basically. Drilled all the way down with with their development teams and been like, how do you want to use this down to like the how does the information move around on the network? Like, what are you looking for? And it taught us a lot about um, what developers are looking for, what projects are looking for, and that's really influenced the SDK we put together and the functionalities that we're building. And so we're building all of those components and those functionalities that will allow developers to run all different types of computation. So right now. Very early stages. You know, we've just gotten the SDK into the hands of a couple of external projects that have been super close with us. They've got some really cool use cases that they're that they're working on. Um, but we're going to be ramping that up over time, and also releasing a lot of documentation on how to use the network. Um, so, you know, in the early phase, there's a lot of there's a lot of, of groundwork going into what are we deploying and what are we giving to developers we're starting with some very specific use cases we're going to be expanding from there but you know in the limit i'd I'd really like to get this to a place where you know any developer can come take the sdk tap into the the security standards that million provides tap into the private computation and then eventually take that groundswell and go to like the larger web 2 use cases that we see as well and and talk about things like collaborative computation um, and I'll, I'll dive into what that is because it is really interesting. But it's the idea that you could take, you know, two data sets that let's say two companies are really um, keen to not let their the other company get a hold of, right? Their competitors. Maybe it's like self driving car companies. It's you know Waymo and and um, let's say Tesla, right? And they they're both interested in reducing the number of traffic accidents that happen with self driving cars. But they don't want to collaborate their data sets together because then they're worried that they're basically going to leak information to their, you know, their, their rival, right? But with Nillion and the security standard that we have with our data. You could basically take those data sets, put them on our network, and then run a machine learning algorithm between them that would glean results that would be useful for what they're trying to accomplish. So you could say we're trying to reduce the number of traffic accidents. We can look at the data sets that we think contribute to that, and then both companies could essentially collaborate without any risk of you know Waymo getting a hold of Tesla stuff and Tesla getting a hold of Waymo stuff, but they can both use that to make cars safer. And so that's a whole new realm of how we can use um, data and really like important you know private and proprietary data between different companies where there is a common goal but they don't want to just give up information to their competitor or trust some third party to hold all that information and do it for them so um that would be you know when we're getting into the bigger use cases like those are the things that really excite me is that we're building stuff like that
0: yeah man oh my god this is incredible so for people that are getting excited that are listening to this episode right now like where do i get involved how do i learn more like what are next steps and how can people get involved with
2: millions yeah, so you know, we have a, a pretty awesome community going on on Discord right now. Um, the links to that are on million.com, which is our website. Um, and we love when people are jumping in there. We love when they're asking questions. We've got all the documentation that we've made so far in there. A lot of actually really smart people in there. We've got some amazing cryptographers who have joined it, who have been you know going back and forth with Miguel on things. Um, and then on Twitter as well, where we've got a lot of conversation going on Twitter, our, our handle on uh on Twitter is uh at million Network. Um and then you, know, you can always follow me as well uh at Alex4 Only at um, that's my handle on Twitter. But you know we're we're building we're building a base with the community. We love when people jump into the Discord. You know, we've got moderators in there now we are answering lots of questions and we love hearing people's thoughts on all this and we will get to a point you know if you're a developer that we're going to start releasing a lot of documentation this year so you'll be able to dive in and see like you know what are we building how could you use Nillion um, and we're going to be getting that in the hands of a lot of people especially those that are in our community and then eventually that initial SDK is going to get out there um, and we would love to have developers looking through all that and giving us feedback and, and getting involved so you know on Discord is where we're the most active and we spend the most time but you know I'm also a reply guy on twitter from time to time. nice that's awesome.
0: And you know I got to ask I'm a, I'm a big fan of branding and just like origin stories uh why million why the name what was oh, the story behind that?
2: <laughs> it's actually a really interesting story. Um and and a, and a very odd story actually. Maybe not as interesting more odd. Um so we were when we were first the project together and we were thinking through like what could be the different names we actually started with this name um back in the beginning that was we uh we were looking at called sentinel it was like kind of this like standing guard like security thing you know we were trying to come up with something like that and as we were doing the the digging into the initial thinking of branding we started including a um a guy out in new zealand named kelvin who is probably like one of the most creative people i know you know he's like one of those people who when I would speak to him about stuff, he'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, I was following Nike's campaign over, you know, the last two years, and I love how there was always this like inclusion of purple and these different elements as they would build. And I'm like, You looked at billboards and TV ads and then like you know, shoe stores, and you were like, Oh yeah, the purple flow. I kind of get what's going on here. I'm like, Okay, man, like you know, my brain doesn't work like yours. That's that's but I, I see what you mean. You know, when he points it out, I'm like, okay, I get it, but I can't believe you saw that. And we started including him because he'd helped me on several projects before. He did work with Hadera uh, as well, and I loved the design capacity that him and his team had. And we really started thinking about, like, what is million at, you know, the end of the day? And we didn't call it million, then we were calling it Integra for some reason. Um, but, uh, but, we were, but we were like, you know, what is it at the end of the day? And what started coming forward was this, this idea of, like, zero and how, you know, Nillian was essentially a a lot of like nothing. If it's all just meaningless particles on this decentralized network, you know, that you, you can't hack into and they don't mean anything and they're sitting on these nodes, like is the network really anything or is it just kind of like meaningless and there's like nothing there? And that really stuck with us as we were thinking through like, okay, are we like, should we do something with zero? Um, you know, or should you do something with like invisible or like we were playing around with all of that. And then Kelvin comes out of nowhere and he's like, well, you know, I, I bought this domain name a while back um you know in like 2007 that's it, nilion, because i really liked it and it was like six letters and i thought oh that's that's cool maybe i'll do something with that one day i've just been holding it on and we were like okay there's this connection between nil you know and then there's the urban dictionary definition of a million which is a basically a very very large amount of nothing and we just started Play with that in our minds, and we were like, "Okay, yeah, this really fits." um <laughs> and So, really, there was a you know a really smart, creative guy in two thousand and seven who was like, "That's a cool six letter name. I'm going to buy that and see what happens." And then China tossed it into the ring when we were thinking about you know what are we as a network in this whole idea of meaningless, and we were like, "That's it." Like that that. We're we're a million. We're a very very large amount of nothing at the end of the day because it's all just meaningless data. Um, so yeah, we're we're coming together of things
0: there. No, that's awesome, man. I I this is why I asked because I knew it was going to be an awesome answer, and that's such a great, like I love the kind of synchronicities of life where you guys have been in touch. I also love how he has an eye for color because I have a friend who's a cinematographer and he's like that. When he watches movies, he'll be like, I love the green and pink palettes that they're using. And I'm like, dude, I would have never thought that if you hadn't said it. Yeah. Um, and now I look for it. I'm sure you do as well now.
2: Sure, yep.
0: But uh, yeah, it's just, that's such a great origin story. And you know, I have two final questions for you. I know you have a million things going on, a million things going on. So uh, I'll keep them brief. The the you know, second to last one is for people that are trying to build their own million, they're trying to build for the future, they're trying to innovate, what are some words of wisdom, some words of inspiration that you would give to like the entrepreneurs of the world? You know, I would say that when you
2: have that idea, and and you see something that you think is is a real innovation, especially in web three, that has a lot of potential, you need to start talking to people about it right away. Uh, I, I think that I've noticed with a lot of entrepreneurs and I've definitely heard this before from other people, that it's very true. It's like, you have this unique idea and you think it's really cool. And you know, you think it's really innovative. And if you go and you talk to a bunch of like, either like VCs or like friends or developers in the space, or like the smartest guy, you know, in crypto, then somehow it's going to leak out and it's going to become this whole thing, everything in web three is way too complicated to build for somebody to just like, hear something and be like, okay, I'm going to go start that. Um, So you need to be out there talking to people. And I think one of the things we did really well with Nillion as we've gone through the evolution of what we are as a project is that i literally started pitching this thing like day one to VCs. You know, we had VCs who were friends who we knew from New York or, you know, had invested with Andrew Masanto before, and we would just, we were talking to them about it all the time. And so we would, you know, go to them and we would pitch our idea. We really did start off and our first thing we were looking at is like, are we, you know, an identity network? You know, is it going to be about uh, about holding you know very secure credentials and people's identity information and their biometrics and those are all things we can do and those were all you know things that came really easily because of the background of Miguel and other people involved in the project. But when we started pitching that and we started talking to VCs about it, they were like, "Okay, that's interesting, but how are you going to do X or could you do Y?" And it was those conversations that led to a back and forth within the team that was like, "Okay, well, actually, can we do Y?" And then we'd be like. Yeah, we actually could do Y and we could find a way to make Z work as well. And that really expanded what we actually are as a network and and also what we were focusing on. And so this was a constant conversation. You know, we're having a pitch probably more than once a week and we weren't even trying to raise money. This wasn't even like, you know, give me a seed check or like we're trying to, you know, get you interested in this. This was me, you know, calling up guys from from Salt Fund, who's one of our investors and, um, you know, the founder of Shima and just being like, Hey man, can you listen to me pitch this to you for 15 minutes and give feedback? And we were doing that over and over again. And we were iterating through, you know, the narrative of the project and um the, the different use cases that we saw with the project and seeing what people connected with. And and it was those conversations that were crucially important. And so, you know, with any innovation, like it is great to have you know a proof of concept it's great to have you know a real understanding of what you're building or at least you know understand get your arms around what it's going to take to build and what what your vision is but then having those conversations with people and having those people with con- conversations those conversations with people in 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 the industry can radically change the course of things, and so you need to be going out and having it over and over again and seeing, you know, where do people connect? And some people are going to give you really, you know, friendly, positive feedback because they're, you're your buddy, and they're going to be like, okay, you know, yeah, man, like great idea it's important to be clear with them that it's like, I want you to tell me I'm wrong on these things. I want to hear, you know, the things that don't make sense. or I want you to say, is that really actually going to be valuable? Is that something people want? Those challenging questions led us in so many amazing directions. And while at the time, you know, I'm a a new CEO of this new company and we've got this, weird name integra and, and uh and you know we're kind of sussing things out it was hard to it was hard to pitch and it. it wasn't fun but the feedback really led us in some incredible directions and so thinking about those
0: things is is uh early is very important that's amazing man i i'm sure there's going to be people who listen to this and they hear exactly what they needed to and i'm so grateful for it um i could go into the many reasons why personally i appreciate it but i'll save you that time uh my final question to you is you know in relation to you know your conversation directly with the audience is there anything that you wanted to be sure that you spoke on to people anything you wanted to leave the audience with
2: yeah I think that you know I really I really just want to hear from people about what we're doing and what we're building I think that that's the biggest thing we've always looked at community as such an important aspect of of Web three, but as us as a project, um, and having people coming in and asking questions, and you know, asking about the things that we're looking to do, and putting forward their own ideas, or or thinking about things, or reading stuff, and you know, saying that they think that that's stupid, or that's not going to work, or you know, they don't like the way that we phrase it. All of those things are are really valuable. We love that conversation that is happening, um, and so having you know. And people that are in the Web3 space and the community is such an important part of what we're doing here. I mean, it's a, a, such a massive facet of, of all these projects and, and the success that they've had, and it's that vibrant community that we're really working to cultivate um, that has been a massive feedback mechanism for us but also just like really made us think about a lot of things. And so getting involved with that, hearing those things, this is the type of stuff that I really enjoy. Um, so I would love for people to to get engaged with the project. I'd love for people to look at the use cases that we've been talking about. I'd love for people to challenge us on things. This is all you know, really uh, a, a conversation at the end of the day with a massive community of people in, who believe in Web3. And we are really working hard to, to expand Web3 in ways that it currently um doesn't serve well so that more companies come from the web 2 or the you know the crypto curious group and start building stuff
0: in web 3 and getting more involved in web 3 so that's amazing man i'm I'm so grateful to hear you say that you know it's it's something that you would hope all projects would be keeping in mind but i think the community aspect of web 3 is what excites me the most so the fact that you are are you know championing that community first mindset is really reassuring and folks if you're if you're looking to learn more about a million look to the description go to their socials follow the road and uh stay involved it's going to be exciting alex thank you so much man this is amazing oh thank you will
1: yeah. Just a bump in the road, minor setback I cannot forget that You see me sell soft, I regret that I carry the supply like a kid pack And you ain't have to talk you the stare back You already know where my head at I'm trying to get this bread, Jack. And really I ain't trying to hear that It's clear that the shit a nigga talk about I really done did that I really done live that Well you wouldn't want your kids at You wouldn't want your crib back Nigga, I can't even sit back without the strap Nigga, I can't even relax without the pack It's all on the line, nigga, I can't even fall back I fell down, but I crawled back Looking for the money, power, respect, all that A true hustler, what you call that? Got me feeling like MF Doom on all caps Fucked up. You put your money on the laws, man, they told y'all wrong The one already sold y'all songs Records from the heart that was hot like the stove still on The herd dripping while it closed the lawn The frozen arm, compliment the golden charms I make chess moves, on am I'm so nonchalant Look at the wrist. I average triple-double steals and assists It's like I'm running a point Oscar Robinson puffing his joint With 40s and 45s. That's a lot of points I write crime like Donald Goins Hustle for the coins Breaking down chicken tenderloins Money make a lot of shit null and void Life you can't avoid Keep it with me cause I'm paranoid Big Glock shots make a scary noise Keep it very poised Turn your group of men into scary boys